Hi, my name is Mark Fontaine and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Service Design Show. And this is another podcast exclusive just for you. All right, so let's dive right in. Something that you can't escape from as a service design professional is communicating the value of your work. You're often helping others to see the benefits it can bring them. And while we know that clearly communicating the value of service design can have a huge impact on how you're perceived inside an organization, there isn't much readily available knowledge on how to actually do that. You often don't get beyond generic advice like the fact that you should use visuals. We can do better than that. That's why in our most recent circle session, we decided to zoom in and discuss very specific examples of where and why service designers failed and were successful in communicating the value of your work. I invited Hayden Erickson, who facilitated the session onto the podcast to share the lessons that emerged with you. As you'll hear, we try to go into as much detail as we can to make sure that you walk away with some very practical advice that's going to help you the next day. If you're a regular listener of the show, by now you know that The Circle is a community for in-house service design professionals. One of the key activities inside The Circle are our monthly sessions. And I can already share the topic of our upcoming session. We're going to be exploring how to scale service design through enablement. Which part of service design can you give away and help it to spread throughout the organization? And of course, how do you do that in a way that it doesn't backfire? That session is going to be facilitated by Rebecca Jimenez, who's a service designer at Airbnb. If you'd like to join this session, head over to servicedesignshow.com slash circle and see if you'd qualify to become a member of the circle. You'll also find the link in the show notes of this episode. But first, let's focus on communicating the value of service design and your work. And we're going to do that in the conversation with Hayden Erickson. So the only thing left for me to say right now is let the show begin. Welcome to the show, Hayden. Thank you, Mark. Welcome to, or good to be here. Happy to yeah. be here. It's, it would be nice to welcome myself to the show one day as well. Maybe, who knows? <laughs> uh, exactly. Hayden, we're going to talk about uh, a super interesting topic that we recently discussed in the circle, uh, which you uh, hosted. Um, before we do that, uh, I'd love to hear a brief introduction uh, about who you are and what you do these days. Sure. Uh, my name is Hayden Erickson. I am a service designer with NCR. Uh, we are a, a global company that basically runs the the businesses that many of us work with, banks, retailers, restaurants. So there's a lot of moving pieces and a lot of service design to be had. So a lot of enablement, a lot of uh, workshops, a lot of blueprints, that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, helping them just transform into an as-a-service company. Thanks for that intro. Now that we know you a little bit better, let's uh, turn into the topic of the circle. And while we were preparing, we had an interesting um, uh, conversation about what should we call this? Should we call this mm. communicating value as you proposed? Or do you recall uh, the thing that I was sort of advocating for or exploring? Well, my recollection is at least what I if I could summarize it, it was how, how we communicate value, not communicating value. And it was that I was going down this path of wanting to extrapolate on what value was, 
but I think you helped me understand uh, it, it would be more useful to think a bit more about the how, that why we why we communicate value, what are the ways that we did it, that sort of thing. Mm. As I told you, I'm bad with branding, so I don't remember the specific, <laughs> the specific name in question. I recall uh, what I was recalling, um, and I'm sure this is going to be an aha moment, but we talked a lot about benefits, communicating the benefits. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, and the reason for that was um, when we talk about communicating value, one of the, we could interpret it as, um, as it's driven by the sender. Well, if we take uh, the empathic, uh, uh, we put our empathy hat on uh, mm -hmm. and we uh, sort of approach this from the receiver point of view, then yep. it's not about the value, it's about the benefits. But I know that those yes. were the semantics. Eventually, it was about <laughs> helping people understand um, the value and benefits of uh, the work we bring. Um, yes. This was circle session number 11, and you raised your hand to uh, host and facilitate this one and uh, pick this topic of communicating value. Why did you uh, sort of put this topic forward? I think for me, this is a perennial struggle uh, for service design. I think we all, like we kicked off in the introduction, we all understand that it has value, uh, that it is value-laden, but... It's so hard to convey that sometimes. And this is a group of people who, right, we we all come from different perspectives. We bring our expertise and our um, our kind of uh, war stories, so to say. And I think it would have been a really cool cool thing to unpack together and share where we've been successful and where we've maybe struggled uh, and learn from each other that way. And I certainly learned a lot from hmm. the others. Well, uh, let's start with that. And that's just a teaser for what's to come. But what's the What's, what was your biggest takeaway or maybe the thing that surprised you the most from the conversation we had? There are a few that were of interest. I think the most interesting was the the double-edged sword nature of service design. Of of the challenges and the benefits, uh, this is called out in both ways. It was a negative that service design is very overwhelming. There's a lot of complexity. There's a lot to convey. On the other hand, people found success showing blueprints, showing uh, complexity showing interrelationships and that service design can illuminate these things but at the same time if you share too much you know it could overwhelm people so there was a lot of conversation around doing so in a way where you humanize it with stories and all all these techniques for for communicating the complexity but that that to me was interesting it's you know it's it's the line you have to walk where you show the power but you don't you don't make it so bright that they get blinded by it you know I love that metaphor. That's a great uh, or analogy. That's that's great. And I think uh, what you hit upon here is um, often within service design, we talk about zooming in, zooming out, like uh, being able to uh, see things on a touch point level, but also understand the uh, entire journey, see it from a holistic perspective. Yes. It dawned on me that uh, when we try to communicate uh, the value of our work, something similar is is happening we have to sort of know when to zoom in and when to zoom out when to get it uh when to focus on the details when to tell the mm. broader picture and how to do that and um um that that definitely felt as a uh, a skill that, that that's a good thing yeah. it felt as a skill that you're able to learn and master absolutely yeah i think um i think making it relatable to people finding those moments that resonate with them the the key you know, key insights from the journey, um, either in terms of the storytelling or even what you're choosing to zoom into as a design endeavor. Uh, I think knowing how to zoom or zoom out, zoom in, zoom out is important. 
I guess one thing that's coming to mind is uh, some of the lessons around successes were around quick wins. And to mm. me, that's a quick win is at least when you're starting is uh, can't, often can be a, a zoom in, but you find that really opportune moment where you can create value quickly and demonstrate it. Um, yeah. And then create motion that way. But, but you're right. I think being able to zoom in or zoom out and frame and story tell and all that sort of thing is, is a really important um, skill set to be able to have. Um, so we have tons of examples of how to actually do that because um, mm. that was one of the my worries or things that I was curious about in the circle session. Like when we, I, I saw a risk that when we talk about communicating value and how to do it, we'll end up with pretty generic uh, mm. piece of advice. Like, yeah, we have to we have to use stories or we ha we have to communicate visually. Like. Uh, I get that that's important, but that's probably not going to be practical enough to, yeah, to help you the next day. And that's ultimately the the thing that we want to do with the circle, like help yep. practitioners um, get better at the job the next day. So um, before we dive into those examples that people gave on how to do that, I, can you share a little bit about how you set up the session so that we did get into those uh super detailed nuanced examples <laughs> let me put it this way when i came into the session i was nervous i thought that the prompt was way too simple you know uh there wasn't a lot but i think as a result we through our workshop experience know that sometimes simple exercises can pull things out in an interesting way so i used white space and stuff like that to hopefully get people to fill out answers and then to your question we did um we welcomed the sort of the generic the the general answer uh, through using colors and patterns in the mirror board itself, but encouraged folks to get specific. So you can say you used visuals, but let's have a few stickies to the right of that and explain what did you mean by that. And because there was the space to hopefully include a very, you know, low res example, give us a glimpse of maybe what you're working with, what you're meaning by that. Um, and then I, I hope that when I gave some intro, when I gave my intro and some examples, I also helped give people, uh, priming to know how to get into detail and that sort of thing. Because you're right, yeah, the, the fear would have been a little too general in the um, the advice that we're getting, and we mm -hmm. wanted specificity there. Yeah. So uh, I don't think uh, we'll be able to, we won't be able to share the exact examples that people shared uh, inside yeah. the circle, as uh, a lot of the things that people share are sort of confidential or sort of sensitive, and that's why the circle is a safe space. So. The mm. advice that we'll be giving today will be as specific as we can, but uh, won't be as specific yep. as we had inside the conversations. Um, now, uh, one question that came to my mind, um, which would be good to address before we dive into uh, these examples is, so Hayden, you're an in-house service designer. Everybody inside the circle is an in-house service designer. Some might question like, why do you even need to communicate the value? Like, isn't everybody already bought in into the value into the value of your work? Mm, good question. Uh, typically, no. Uh, I think that people are uh, interested. People uh, have heard of design thinking in one way or another. That is something we can use to our advantage. Sometimes they've been burned by it, uh, or it's been done poorly. Um, but uh, organizations are. You know, they've existed for a long time and we're being interjected as a new sort of perspective. And several of the challenges that I saw, I'm going down this path because several 
of the patterns I saw and the challenges that the circle talked about were around maybe organizational resistance. So we know that already, we have our SMEs. Why are you telling us what our process is? You know, but do you know the experience? You know the process, but do you know how it's received? That's one thing. Uh, and usually, hopefully you can explain that. And another one that was mentioned by the circle too was around threat too. So you come in as this new perspective. Uh, interestingly as well, several of the the artifacts people chose to say they had a hard time communicating were plans and roadmaps and things that may feel threatening by others because it's like here's service design and what it'll do uh, and maybe shift around your the, st the stasis that's been reached um, before it, it came in. So I think it can it it can create waves in great and bad ways, um, but the bad ways can be addressed and I think that's some of the things that we talked about. But Point being, um, just because you're brought in in-house does not mean, unfortunately, that the whole the whole organization may understand or appreciate what you do. But that's also the the thrill of the job is getting to unpack that and work with people and convert and evangelize and grow. Um, that's a very uh, it's it's very gratifying. Hmm. Well, that's a that's a follow-up question. I had you say that it's very gratifying. Um, hmm. One could also come up with the question like, why is it on us? Um, hmm. Why, maybe, I don't know, maybe um, does the HR department also have to communicate its value or, you know, mm -hmm. um, IT? Uh, maybe they do. I don't know. But <laughs> yes. what, 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 is your, uh, what are your thoughts about this? I, well, I, I'll commiserate with you. I have found that, I've, that exact sort of thing. Like no one is going to an accountant and saying, why are you here? Or why, are you, why do you have to use Excel? Or I don't understand what you're doing. But, you know, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but sometimes, you know, just the littlest thing that is normal in our process has to get a lot of justification and over-explanation. And I think that's just partially because it's, again, this unknown quantity uh, or th the threat or whatever. Um, and so long as you prove through doing, that was something else that came in the group. Um, don't, don't necessarily be kind about it, but don't necessarily wait for permission to do every little thing, but just kind of take, take the moment to... To, to find ways to move forward and hopefully through through doing so you can convert some people or get them interested but um, yeah it, it can be it can be a challenge uh, <laughs> that's for sure yeah yeah so uh, what if you would have to summarize why do you feel it's on us I guess we're the we're the representatives in some way of this worldview of this philosophy this method of tool uh, this tool set of problem solving um, and it doesn't seem like there's always an advocate for us. That was another thing that came out of the circle was not having leadership. And when I think of my success, candidly, one reason is because we did have a leader who believed in what we did and would knock down doors for us. <laughs> and not everyone has that luxury and not everyone to your point is, or to your question is on your side. So I wish that others could advocate for us. And I think you can find advocates and we have in our practice. Um, but at the end of the day, at, from ground zero, we have to be the ones to do it um, because others won't quite understand how or, or what or <laughs> that sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah, got it. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, I'm sort of uh, putting you up um, on the st stand here, but uh, one question, uh, additional <laughs> yeah. question I had here is, okay, so uh, when we're talking about uh, communicating value, communicating the benefits, mm -hmm. how would you describe what success looks like so we we can maybe we also need to talk about uh what failure looks like uh can you comment a little bit on that 
around what success looks like or what yeah failure? so oh, yeah basically if we talk about what success looks like we'll also have to dig into have the what, other. Uh, yeah so when we when you are successful in communicating the value of your work how does that look like what happens it's so simple to say uh but i do know that it's hard to do uh, but people just get it that's one um so there's less of a discussion or an understanding of try to try to fit you where you are or trying to make sense of what service design is when i've found success it's that people kind of just get get what we do they're willing to go along with something even though they may not know the outcome always that's designed for you you know we know the problem but we don't know where we'll end up to me that's been one form of success um i think uh one other thing that came up in some of the points in the circle was this feeling of excitement and ownership and uh making people feel like they are a part of something. I think in a lot of organizations, maybe these sorts of ways of problem solving can have a hierarchical uh, feel to them. And service design is really beautiful. We bring in, we co-create, we bring in multiple perspectives. Everyone gets a voice. We, in many ways, pierce the organizations and silos and all that. And as a result, there's this leftover, you know, eagerness people have for the process and to continue because they see the power that it has. And to me, that that's something that came up in the circle. And that's another one indicator of success that I think is really mm. fun, uh, mm. uh, fun and, and impactful. Mm. That's a nice, uh, it's a nice overview because it's about trust. People let you do your yes. job. And the other yes. thing is people want more of it. So yes. like stage yeah. one is, do you get the, the opportunity to sort of just do your work? And mm -hmm. when you do uh, get that opportunity, are people eager for more once you're done? I think those mm -hmm. could be very good indicators of success. Or mm -hmm. are you running up against endless uh, struggles, battles, uh, objections, right? right? Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so now that we've set the stage, uh, a little bit. I'm curious if we could dive into some of these um, um, how questions, like how have people been communicating value and uh, what has worked for them? Uh, yeah. So can you share a few? Yeah. One way that uh, really struck me as being super smart, very on top of it, one of the people in the circle mentioned uh, pouring into your collaborators' PowerPoints, like get a sense of what they're talking about, how they're talking about it, what their goals are, and b intentionally use their language, use their framing, uh, talk about service design, try to try to do it. It's an act of empathy, try to do it from their perspective. Other people talk similarly about if they have existing data, maybe there's persona data, maybe there's qualitative, quantitative data, fold that into whatever you're making, if it's a blueprint, if it's a whatever. Um, uh, yeah, those I thought were really smart. Um, so let's uh, yeah, let's unpack yeah, let's unpack yeah. this one a little bit. So you mentioned diving into uh, PowerPoint presentations. Does mm. that literally mean uh, asking, I don't know, your your manager, boss, CEO, your colleague to send over some of the presentations they've done recently and try to f figure out what language they're using? I think so. As as boring as that might feel <laughs> or seem. Uh, and I think there's a fun part about this job where we tend to jump uh, in the deep end of different problems that we may not 
no, uh, we may not understand the language, we may not understand the people or the systems. So that's a great way of onboarding too. Uh, so that's why it resonated with me. I think about all the times I've come to a project and I usually have to interview SMEs to understand what's what. If there's, you know, and there are places I can go to read as well, uh, but to to have that at my disposal, to have a whole library of, of stuff and thought around this that I can just fold into what I'm doing would be, I think that's a smart way of doing it. Mm. And this, uh, I think, if anybody uh, who is listening to this has a copywriting background, they'll probably say like, yeah, that's obvious because 80% yeah. of, of writing great um, articles, blogs, whatever, is doing research. And mm. um, that mm -hmm. that's a great thing because doing research comes quite naturally to us. So we know how to do it. We just have to um, uh, give ourselves a mental note that like, okay, I need to, before I communicate anything, I need to understand my audience, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. And I've, and I have seen, um, I have seen service design kind of fall a little bit on its face when it doesn't use that language properly, when it uses its language or it gets maybe a little too philosophical for certain stakeholders and it just goes right over their head and they don't, they know that you said words to them, but they may not understand what they are. So being really mindful of using their language and framing it in their way, yeah, knowing your audience, as you said, is, is so key. Yeah. Uh, but it's so easy to forget because you get you get lost in, like uh, one of the other people mentioned, you just get lost in doing the work instead of proving the value because um, it's, it's, it's hard. But it's just that little extra thing that can really give you that special sauce to get through in the organization, you know? And, and uh, I would go one step further. I wouldn't say that it's a special sauce. It's just required. It's, yeah, it, yes. It, 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 Yep. it's it's not optional like you have to do this if you want to if you want to make impact uh on a substantial mm -hmm. scale i think that's the criteria here like you want to do bigger work you want to uh work on meaningful challenges then this mm -hmm. is just part that comes with it and um, yep. um it might uh, sound quite negative or as additional work but like doing research is something that we enjoy. Uh, yeah. The, I, I guess the thing that might be a struggle is where do you find the time, right? Um, you have to <laughs> yes. you have to slow down. And if you have a presentation tomorrow, like it needs to be done tomorrow, then I can, I can see how that might be challenging. But yeah. Yes, I completely agree. That's, that's been the hard part. You know, this, this work requires a lot of deep thought uninterrupted. And to find the time to do that can can be hard sometimes <laughs> so but it's so important so important mm. to do yeah yeah uh do you have one more for us i'm sure you have yeah um let me see i think when it comes to storytelling uh and being relatable i'm kind of attaching a few here the making your story digestible taking things step by step um, being approachable, uh, focusing on key insights. There's something else that tends to happen I've seen with service design where we, we I talked about earlier, the artifacts can be overwhelming. And when we talk about them, sometimes we can also be overwhelming. We can overwhelm people with uh, just a, a, a lot of terminology, which we've addressed in our statement just now, speak in their language, but also speak succinctly in their language. Don't don't go on and on and on about something, um, but just really try to be mindful of um, splitting it out. Um, one other, I guess, related to that thought that was interesting as a pattern from the circle was the 
most of the successes were introductory kind of conversations, which I thought was interesting. So it, this could have been just a product of the examples that people chose. So I don't want to read too into this data point, but um, I think four or three of the successes were all intro to service design. The ones that were found as being a challenge were the ones that I mentioned earlier that were a bit more, here's the plan, here's the roadmap, here's how we might threaten you, i.e. is the subtext in my mind. Um, so I, I don't know what to do with that pattern, but I thought it was a little interesting is, you know, making it digestible and stuff, but maybe more introductory is uh, the takeaway. Just be rudimentary in what you're talking about, not necessarily, hmm. yeah, I don't know. It was well, interesting, yeah, right? and okay, I'm going to uh, again to dig into this one because this yeah. is one of those uh, examples where, uh, if I would be listening to this, uh, I would think like, yeah, okay, uh, uh, make it digestible, small chunks, key insights, uh, yeah, Pretty obvious, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, can you be more explicit? Like, do you have yeah to add? How can we make this more concrete? Let me see. Looking at looking at some of the thoughts from before, and when I reacted to it, um, I couldn't help but remember the the impulse that we have when we're sharing these these double-edged sword artifacts. Like like I was mentioning, they talked about blueprints being being something successful, but also blueprints were mentioned multiple times as being something that overwhelms. You know, not walking through everything, uh, which sometimes happens, and I've seen that even in professional contexts. But really picking out key moments. Uh, the stories that are in there, um, maybe having a, a human element t telling the story of a certain persona going through the, the blueprint, some way of making it real for them, rather than this sort of overwhelming artifact. Um, that mm -hmm. That's general, uh, but I'm trying to think so about yeah, just, yeah. yeah. what it, were you going to say? Well, um, adding to what you said, I remember mm -hmm. uh, one example, and if we go into uh, blueprints, journey maps specifically, uh, there was this example of this huge blue, uh, blueprint with a lot of data. And yep. what somebody really neatly did was um, highlight specific touch points and create basically a narrative through yep. uh, the blueprint. And you could basically say like, uh, we uh, that the full blueprint is still there, but we're just focusing on 10%. Because that 10% mm -hmm. is sort of relevant in this conversation it's relevant for this person um so yep. i found that a very smart like it's it's almost um it's a sort of curation where you know uh, if we talk about a dj like it has unlimited number of uh, songs available but he has to mm -hmm. sort of understand who the audience is uh, is yep. he at a wedding or somewhere else uh to pick out which songs they'll play. And I think for service design and the stories that we share, we have to, again, understand our audience and sort of pick out the three songs that will get people excited. And in that example in particular, I think the 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 complexity was, was part of the story, like showing the just all the pieces and all the stuff that's happening and then reminding them of the main user going through this, who is a very vulnerable user, uh, this among this noise, here is the, the human in here. And then even in the example that she gave, she talked about certain stakeholders in that ecosystem, important ones who helped deliver this service, weren't even aware of what was happening. They didn't they didn't have that full experience. So there's always that epiphany moment when you do share the story in that way. And they, they suddenly realize through all the noise, you know, who is actually being affected by this, who's the user going through this and what is her 
her experience of this thing that I think I knew, but clearly I didn't. Um, and it seemed to be very powerful for her. Now, what's your, the person uh, who shared. Yeah. yeah, what you're hinting upon also, and I don't know if it's deliberate, but um, what happens when you sort of uh, eliminate a lot of the uh, data in the storytelling? If you do mm -hmm. it right, people will get curious to learn more. So rather than mm -hmm. sharing everything, like if you just do a small snippet, yes. uh, you will you will much you are much more likely to invite people into their well it then becomes a conversation rather than a monologue right and we didn't talk about this too much but i i am a huge fan of progressive disclosure so having that simple narrative but in your back pocket knowing the deeper stories of those data points and if people if the conversation goes that way or if people want to know more about it you can then go into detail but you're not you're not going to unleash the full fire hose you know from the beginning but like you're saying you know share share something that's simple that people can understand and then dig in more uh, as needed um as a technique i found that helpful in in presentations as well as like physically what i'm showing on the screen uh as well as how i tell my stories i think that's useful how do you deal um, um because this might be a fear how do you deal with the fact that if you just share um very little people mm. Uh, might not perceive it to be as valuable as it is. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. for, from your standpoint, you're maybe just sharing like the tip of the iceberg or something that is super uh, superficial. And then um, there might be a worry that they're they're not going to perceive this work as valuable or me as the expert because I don't know everything. Like, what's your take on that? Yeah, that's 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 a funny um, kind of. Uh, circumstance we find ourselves in, I think, because uh, you know we want to make sense of the complex, we want to simplify, and then at the end, people are like, "What? What is this? I don't understand all this work that went into that." Um, that's a good question. Uh, for me, I, I have found the most success by involving key people, uh, and I know that's also not a that's not a rocket science statement based on some of the conversations we've had, but really getting them to understand what is happening and watching as insights kind of unfold and ideas come out of them and then prototypes come from that. Just be seeing it and feeling it and being a part of it, uh, I think people people can get it. Otherwise, um, I think uh, it, it can be tricky um, to have just to have a set of polished artifacts that you have at hand to show that summarize what you're finding, I think is always good. But yeah, you have to you have to then find a way to, <laughs> to, you know, at the end of it, two personas may feel like not that much. And I'm trying to think about how how you do it. And I can't really be on involving people uh, mm -hmm. in the process. Fair enough. Um, what are some other things that were shared as uh, things that are helpful to communicate value? It's a small one, but uh, metaphors are helpful. So to this point of storytelling, uh, I know someone mentioned the two coffee shops as a way that they've used it. So little stories like that are always helpful that aren't necessarily telling the story of whatever service in question you're you're doing, but just of service design. Um, so yeah, about what's yeah. yeah, let's let's take uh, again. <laughs> I, I want to dig into this one because this one uh, is also one of those. Yeah, we need to tell stories. Um, what did you hear inside a circle about storytelling that uh, made you add this one to sort of the list you know, we need to share? I think the ex the expressed challenge of overwhelming people with too much information combined with the the lesson learned and the challenges and the and the challenge set of 
case studies for these people that um, it was not relevant for them. So they maybe didn't make it meet stakeholder needs. They didn't focus on some of the value, the the what was doing and why and how. So really having that buttoned down as a story just was talked about by several folks as being a challenge. And alternatively, a lot of people talked about um, not getting abstract, but telling stories instead. Uh, so this is a story about human behavior. This is important not to be an abstraction. Um, and then somewhat related, but you know, the, including examples too, things that people resonate with. Uh, these are all points mentioned by several folks in the circle. Yeah, and uh, maybe I would summarize this as making it relatable. That was a big theme. Yeah. Uh, can like the the challenge with abstract knowledge or abstract information is that the receiver would probably question like, okay, so what? Like, what does this mean for me? How am I affected by this? And packing mm -hmm. that into stories with examples, metaphors, uh, should help to, yeah, to to let the other person sort of uh, digest and understand. Okay, so that's that's why I'm hearing this. That's why you're telling me this. I don't know why. I, well, never mind. I was I was thinking about a certain workshop. Just I I've seen this in my own work too. When you do go the extra length to to speak in their language, to even to use their very specific random terms that you would never remember or use otherwise. Uh, I guess it's to your point around trust. Maybe there's like relationship building to this. That's a part of it too. And when I when I use your language, when I speak about your process, when I tie it, when I frame it in a way that you understand, that's kind of a I'm currency or trust building almost in a way. I'm developing a bit of a rapport so people people start to warm up to me uh, in some way. Hmm. I think it's yeah, it's all important. Um, it's yeah, but it's yeah another thing you have to keep in the back of your mind. Uh, but it's a very important thing. Exactly. Yeah. So I think this is one of those uh, um, things that I love to talk about on on the show here because my sort of motto or mission is to talk about the hidden and invisible things that make the difference between success and failure, which mm. is quite abstract, but this is a very good example of what that is. Like you, uh, when, when it fails, you sort of meet, a, again, you meet a lot of resistance, objection, and you sort of like, what's going on? Why is this happening? These people have hired me. Why isn't everybody embracing me? But when you mm. figure out that uh, you, ha you just have to be a better communicator uh, and help people yeah. to see the benefits and that that's part of your job. That's that's sort of one of those those things you won't find in your job description when you get hired. And right. you don't even see it in service design books that talk about the tools and methods. This is either you hear it on the service design show for practitioners who've been through the struggle and sort of now know that this is important, mm -hmm. um, or you find it out yourself by uh, <laughs> trial and error. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, there's something to be said for, like we've talked about in the campfire, learning through a little bit of the fire of it all. But at the same time, um, this is a, uh, it's important though, then you shouldn't be expected to learn these sorts of things just on your own, I think. Uh, hmm. But it's, yeah, it's, it's often overlooked, but it's so hard. I remember in, in school, in grad school, just the concept of forming relationships and how important that is in organizations and forming alliances and in in the mission of evangelizing design just in general not service design um that's that's so key and but it was talked about in the literature like this is new this is something you have to be mindful of because people are not doing it and it's it's hurting 
turning designers and you know what we want to be able to accomplish and help the organization um yeah it's it's interesting that way <laughs> and uh, and here's the thing when you say you have to uh, build relationship that's one of again that's one of those things that probably nobody will disagree with um and then right. the question of how becomes super relevant and uh, yeah. that's where uh there's i think a, a big appetite for knowledge understanding tools methods and there are and that that's i think the beauty of what we share in the, inside the circle that people do share those things that nobody else shares and um, also with communicating value sure nobody will disagree that that's important okay now mm -hmm. let's turn into how do you actually do that yeah. so um was there anything else on the list that we haven't yet discussed it's a small one but so we talked about uh, this is around challenges uh, we talked about the importance of understanding how uh, others think and the language that they use and their organizational worldview and, and immersing ourselves in that. Uh, on the flip side, someone else mentioned, be aware of how service design is perceived. What is your reputation? What is your group doing? What do people think your group does? Are you the workshop people? Are you just are you the ones that create screens, you know, and being mindful of that then can help you navigate some of these conversations. Because then if you're suddenly saying, I want to have a strategic role or people hear that in one way or another suddenly because you're focusing on your language, but you aren't mindful of your identity, people, you may face some of the same points of friction, like that's out of your swim lane or, you know, I don't, whatever it is, that was something that was mentioned that I thought was really important uh, to surface as well. And how do you surface that? How do you become aware of your identity inside the organization? That is an excellent question. I am I am honestly not sure, other than keeping your ear to the ground, I guess. Uh, that The person that suggested this was also really good at in previous sessions around talking about creating relationships in organizations and getting influence and making sure you know where influence is being had and um, who who has it and all that sort of thing. And, and I, I would assume as part of the work there, you could do you could do something, and then at least in our case, when we do some things, we are very candid about asking people for feedback, including what is your perception of design? How have you experienced it so far? And people are honest; they'll be like, "Yeah, we made we made spaghetti towers with marshmallows, and it wasn't very useful, you know, or whatever." And you're like, "Okay, okay, got it. I know what I'm working with, you know." Um, but it, it's a challenge, uh, but you have to be aware of that too, because that could really that could really bite you if people think you're dead weight or ineffective or extraneous or whatever it is, you have to be aware of that. Well, we sort of uh, become uh, with the risk of becoming uh, to sound like a broken record. It is about having conversations with people inside the organization mm -hmm. and asking them the right questions. And um, yep. that's going to be a homework assignment for anybody who's, who's listening, like what are the right questions? Uh, we could maybe do an episode on that, but yeah, uh, it like it isn't more complicated i'm not saying that it's easy like it's, right. it's still a lot of work and it's, it can be hard work but it's not complicated you don't have to have there's nothing maybe that's the thing i'm i'm hinting at nothing is standing in your way of doing this better i thought a lot, a lot about that sort of thing i think um it, it's awesome and useful and i i love the circle for this like talking about these things but i've reflected a lot about that it is just it's work it's not it's not complex. It's just work. Like there is no, you just got to do it. You just got to talk to people and it's, it's a grind. But um, I think there's an expectation that there's something maybe magical, but it's, it's not, it's just, uh, 
yeah, it's socializing, it's listening, it's um, it's it's applying a lot of what we do, but just in a way that we may not think coming out of school or whatever. I'm still in that mindset. I'm three years out, <laughs> but I still feel like I'm learning every day. Uh, but yeah, it's, I've thought a lot about that sort of the difference between the reality of it, just doing it versus the, the theory and people want just, there, are there just three simple rules of service design I have to follow and then that'll unlock every door and it just doesn't work that way, unfortunately. Yeah, and I think this has to do with our own identity that uh, we sort of formed mm. of what service design looks like or, or what it should look mm. like. And um, I don't think we've had enough uh, exposure to the fact that building these relationships and having these conversations is such an important key. Like that's not that's not yeah. part of that. That won't be the first thing a service design professional tells you when you ask them, "What do you do?" or Right, and uh, and we are sort of starting to figure out that that is like part of the identity. That is what a service designer does. Absolutely, I think about just the 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 just how important it is to you know pierce through different orgs and be that person that can know folks all over and um and win that trust and explain in big and small ways you know through these conversations and there's just yeah. I, I've said it in multiple ways. There's just no other way to do it. Um, but it's uh, it, it is not. Yeah, it's not on the job description. That's for sure. It wasn't in mind when I applied. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And and uh, you said there's no other way to do it. Like again, that that might have a negative connotation, but uh, yeah, it's just like doing user research. Like you have to interview people, and and mm -hmm. we, we don't mm -hmm. perceive that as, um, as 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 a negative thing. That's just that's just what you're trained to do that's just part of your job and uh this yeah. is as well and it should be it should be on uh the job application like building your network building the relationships internally uh that should be on yeah on there and if i may say something this is this is very random but i had to, i had to speak for the introverts out there you might be hearing this and that makes you very nervous and i'm introverted and i think um it can be draining, but often a lot of these conversations are best had one-on-one, -on -one, which at least to me, I don't find as overwhelming or draining. Um, so you can do this if you like being, you know, if you're not a social butterfly or whatever, you don't have to be networking all the time every day, but um, finding these intimate moments to connect with people and to learn about them and, and grow, I think it's it's doable uh, and it's, it's, it's very, very useful. Yeah, and... Uh... Thank you for sharing this. That could be uh, super helpful. One thing that I might add to this is if you mm. consider it to be a research project or a research yes. and endeavor, like a design challenge, that's the way I like to perceive it. Mm -hmm. like that, that's that's the thing you do anyway, day to day. So right. it's just a different target group. Exactly. Yeah, and it best, best is at the end of the day, you don't have to make a readout deck for it. <laughs> you just now... It, maybe take notes or, you know, capture your thoughts and organize them. But um, yeah, hopefully it's a little bit less formal with the yeah. outcome, but you'll be a much better designer for it. Let's um, let's go over the list. Let's do a quick summary. So um, sure. if I ask you what were, what are some good ways to communicate the value and benefits of service design? Sure. Uh, the successes that kind of we, we came to were, um, Blueprints in particular, the artifacts of design really can speak for themselves. So long as you illuminate the right spots, so long as, so long as you um, kind of have the right narrative, like we were talking about with the blueprint. 
when you're doing that, be relatable, use examples and stories, ideally their uh, examples. If you can build on those, really speak their language, um, connect to their, go their goals and their work. There may be, um, yeah, I think organizationally, you can have a sense of what they value and maybe getting getting at that and what you uh, communicate. And when you're doing that, be digestible. Uh, that was the other piece too. Be bite-sized, be approachable, uh, don't overwhelm and that sort of thing. And uh, make make people feel like they have an input uh, and that they uh, this is a multi-perspective endeavor and that can create excitement as well. So uh, circling, uh, circling back, uh, circling back to you, um, mm -hmm. if you uh, sort of uh, look at your experience in uh, in the session, you facilitated it, you uh, you prepared it. Um, what would you say was your eventually the biggest takeaway? I think that it was around the that point I made around language immersion, just really being mindful of how other people are communicating and what they're communicating about. And really being disciplined about researching that. To your point, it's a research project. And uh, whenever you then speak back to that cohort of, of people, uh, use that that research that you did to have the most impact when you're communicating with them. Like I I, I knew it intellectually, but I, something about the session and hearing it made me feel it. I guess to put it that way, uh, it just really reinforced the the need for that. Hmm. Um, and I, I thought about a workshop where there was a little word that I, I did not use properly for a customer. They had a very specific name for a kind of staff, and I, I didn't take the time to do that. And I could tell it was getting under their skin. And when you do that, you lose credibility, you lose trust. So being really, really mindful of that is so important, not just in a silly workshop example like that, but in a lot of ways, it can just have a really outsized impact. I yeah, think. That, yeah, there's a lot at stake. There's a lot at yeah. stake, and um, this is one of those things that when you're doing it right and everything is working smoothly, you sort of take it for granted and uh, you, mm -hmm. you don't pay attention. It's just when th stuff breaks down and uh, things yeah. don't go as planned, then then that's the thing. That's the moment you feel like, hmm, maybe I should have invested more in all the things that we just mentioned. Mm-hmm. And do yeah. it proactively. That would be the advice here. Like, don't wait for for the moment that everything breaks yes. down. Definitely not. Yep. And you'll be so much happier if you are prepared for that moment rather than, like you said, catching up to it. That's just a nightmare. <laughs> it's a nightmare. Well, uh, Hayden, that were some uh, good examples. Uh, we saw more in the circle, but I think this was... Uh, um, everything we can uh, share publicly here. Uh, thanks for hosting the session. Thanks for sharing, coming on the podcast and sharing this with us. Uh, we'll try to continue the conversation uh, somewhere online. Um, uh, so yeah, thanks again for coming on. Yeah, thank you. It was my pleasure. It was super fun and I can't wait to the next time. Awesome that you made it this far into the conversation. If you're listening to this on Spotify, make sure to leave a comment there and share what your biggest takeaway is. To wrap things up, I quickly want to remind you that if you're an in-house service design professional and would like to be part of these conversations in the future, join us in the circle. In the circle, you'll find other experienced professionals who you can connect with and learn from going beyond the basics. Like I said at the start, our next session will be on scaling service design through enablement 
facilitated by Rebecca Jimenez from Airbnb. There is an application process to become a member of this community. If you'd like to know if you qualify, head over to servicedesignshow.com slash circle for all the details. And you'll also find the link in the show notes of this episode. My name is Mark Fontaine and I want to thank you for tuning in to the Service Design Show. It was a great pleasure having you. As always, keep making a positive impact and I'll catch you very soon in a brand new episode of the Service Design Show. See you then.